Hello, hello, everyone. Greg Davis here with you. Priority Talk live on Friday. It's Friday. Welcome in to the program. Uh, the final one of the week, obviously, and uh, we're glad to have you along with us. And, hey, don't count us short today. we got a good one for you coming up. Uh, full blast, uh, top down. Here we go. It's uh, its own Friday. We'll be here until 6 p.m. Uh, for your uh, ride home or your ride out or whatever it is that you may be getting into this evening. And, uh, again, a uh, nice day outside, not as sunny, a little cloudy today. we got some rain coming our way over the weekend is my understanding but still a nice day outside we appreciate these spring days and so uh, we're glad uh to uh, to be bringing you a great show today on a beautiful nice friday afternoon all right and uh, we hope everybody's got a big weekend ahead of them which of course we always say uh needs to include uh worship uh, you and your family make that a priority priority talk right so make that a priority uh coming up on uh, this weekend coming up on Sunday. Hope everybody's had a great day. Uh, I've had a nice day. I sure enjoyed uh, being this morning. Maybe maybe some of them are able to listen Was with a, a nice group today of um, mostly uh, free will Baptist uh, ministers and pastors and deacons and lay people from all across the state of Alabama. And uh, they were having their uh, kind of their statewide meeting and uh, that they do once a year and uh, organizing and reporting and talking about greater ways to share the gospel with our state and way beyond our state. And uh, we uh, enjoyed being with them this morning and, uh, and uh, being able to represent ALCAP and Priority Talk to them. And uh, uh, thank you guys, a lot of you uh, listening. And uh, that's, that's always nice when we hear people say, yes, we listen and uh, we're uh, uh, glad to meet you. A lot of them said, uh, you don't look anything like you sound. And I'm always like, well, okay. <laughs> That that's nice to know. I don't I don't know to take that as a compliment or not, but uh, but it's it's good to meet you too. Uh, no problem with that. I, I I keep it light for sure. And I thought you know we're on video now. This whole I got a face for radio thing uh, that went out the window uh, sometime back because of the um, uh, the video stream that we do now. You know, pretty much radio has turned into video as well for most everyone. Look, we've got a, uh, a good one for you today. We've been telling you that Dr. George Barna is going to join us, and he's going to do that in just a few moments. In fact, we're going to get to break early here so we can uh, make sure that we have plenty of time with Dr. George Barna uh, with the Cultural Research Center, and uh, his data, of course, has influenced uh, culture, or reflected culture, and influenced church and ministry for decades now, and uh, he's one of our favorite uh, people around. Been a guest on the show so many times, we can't even count them all. And uh, we're glad to have him back on today, and I hope, I think we're going to have about 30, 35 minutes with him. And uh, parents in, in particular, or if you're in uh, children's or student or family ministry, or if you're a parent, you really, really want to tune in. Of course, pastors as well, but uh, you really want to be uh, listening in for this conversation and uh, and trying to understand uh, what he's telling us about uh, what the numbers and the trends and the research uh, tell us about where we are right now uh, as a uh, as a people in this country. And so uh, stay tuned for that. He'll be with us coming up real soon. Uh, we got a lot of other stuff we can get to today as well. The American Bible Society has got their new numbers out and uh, they you know they keep up with year to year about uh, people and how they interact with their Bibles and uh, really alarming what we see um, there. And so we could get into that a little bit today. Uh, also, I, I do want to talk uh, Disney today a little bit more. 
I want to I want to go back on Disney a little. I want to go back uh, probably 25 years in Disney. I've been doing some been reading up, doing some research, remembering some things, and uh, I've been working on this a couple of days. So maybe next hour I'm going to get into Disney. Did you hear Governor Ron DeSantis? He's become like America's governor, I think. Um, did you hear him last night? He was on with Laura Ingram. Oh, my goodness. On, on fire. The man was on fire. And in particular, on fire when it came to Disney. You know, he's took them on. They're taking away their special privileges. He talked about that. And, and he gave Disney the right act. And I'm going to play that audio for you uh, coming up later on uh, next hour. It'll be next hour before we're able to get to it. Also, you know, all this talk of student loans and forgiving student loans. And and I'm like a lot of you. It makes me mad as a hornet uh, to think that we may do this because of, um, uh, you know, when you when you paid your college or you or, or you paid your student loans and then you start to think about somebody just getting theirs wiped out. Um, it, it really makes you upset. And, and especially, you know, I'm mad because I paid my way through college and I'm paying my kids' way through college pretty much. You know, we're letting them do their part. But, you know, they're, 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 they got skin in the game. And I paid my way through college all the way through my master's degree and didn't take any loans, planned, you know, planned for my kids so we wouldn't have to take loans, you know, be responsible. And, uh, and I've got a college education and, and have done, you know, done well. Um, so it makes me mad that I did it that way. But I tell you who this really ought to make mad. This really ought to make mad the people who didn't go to college because they couldn't afford to go to college and they didn't want to take on loans to go to college and begin their life in, you know, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. That's sort of uh, the people that really should be mad because those that went to college, by and large, uh, probably have good jobs and, uh, you know, or make a nice living and probably probably should be able to afford to pay their loans back. Those who didn't, probably not necessarily, but there's a, a, a greater chance that they probably aren't making the income that someone that went to college is. I know there's exceptions to that, okay? Don't, I, I know that. Don't You don't got to hit me with that. But... Um, it ought to make people who didn't go to college because they didn't want to go into debt and they couldn't afford it. Uh, those people should be uh, should be really, really the the irate ones, quite honestly. And uh, so, anyway, I want to talk about that a little bit. I want to talk about debt from a uh, from a biblical perspective, and and then I want to talk about these student loans um, from a government perspective as well, because the government. I've been I've been studying this. And I knew this, but I've been going back and looking into it a little deeper. The government has, has been predatory in these student loans. And um, what, what the government has been doing to people is bad. We've been tempting people to go into major debt when they're 17, 18, 19 years old. And that's wrong. And so there is a part of you that says, man, some of these folks got done wrong by the government. They didn't know any better. It was predatory. So there, there's two sides to this, but, uh, man, it, 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 it is a touchy, touchy subject. And it's nothing but a case 
of Democrats trying to buy votes. It's really what it is. So we'll get into that uh, next hour as well. Maybe we'll see how it flows. All right. Look, we got to go to break. When we come back, we should have Dr. George Barna on the line with us. You do not want to miss Dr. Barna. He is always fantastic when he's with us. It's Priority Talk Live here on Friday, 205-941-1011 is our number. We'll be right back. Fox Mortgage, NMLS, 184-762. Jim Corey, NMLS, 212-055. I just want to talk about my experience with Fox Mortgage. Cordarius Witherspoon is another very happy Fox Mortgage customer. They were able to get us refinance. We saved about 1.8% on our interest rate, and that saved us thousands of dollars on our monthly mortgage payment. We were able to also do a cash payout on our mortgage with that refinance, and we were able to pay off a lot of debt, so it was great for us. If you're looking to refinance your mortgage, I would highly recommend Fox Mortgage. The people over there at Fox Mortgage, Jody, Dawson, Melody, all of them were persistent in getting the rate that I needed, and they were really helpful. Hi, I'm Jim Corey, president of Fox Mortgage. I'm ready to help you with your mortgage needs. Call now, 661-6868. Fox Mortgage, where we're quick as a fox. Jim Corey and his staff, they've been helping Crawford Broadcasting listeners with their mortgage needs since 1992. That's Integra and Experience, and they're ready to help you with your mortgage needs now as well. Call them from anywhere across Alabama, 205-661-6868, 205-661-6868. That's Fox Mortgage, where they're quick as a fox. Hi, I'm Mark Phillips, and you're listening to Priority Talk, right here on WXJC. And we're back in, and uh, we are excited to welcome back to the program Dr. George Barna with the uh, Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University. Of course, uh, always giving us the uh, the great uh, data, the great insight, the great research into uh, family, church, worldview, belief, and how all of these things sort of come together or don't come together. And uh, Dr. Barna, it is uh, great to have you back with us. It's been a little while. I hope you're doing well. Yeah, thank you, Greg. I had, uh, you know, the surgery on my vocal cords, but as you can hear, I have a voice again, so here we go. It's good to be back with you. Well, wonderful. When when uh, some people saw you were going to be on, they said, you hadn't had him in a while, and I said, well, he's been out of commission, so uh, <laughs> now, now you're back and you're sounding great. All right, well, let's get into this. Um, a detailed look at how the worldview of parents of preteens is too often missing the mark. So parents of preteens. Uh, so if you're out there and you're a parent, if uh, you're a grandparent, quite honestly, or if you work in church with preteens in that age group, uh, tell us what we need to know, Dr. Barna. Well, you know, we, we really do have a crisis on our hands, Greg, and I know everybody's talking about crisis this, crisis that. It's, it's a tough time in history here, but when we look at the spirituality of Americans, I mean, keep in mind that a person's worldview develops between 15 to 18 months of age and 13 years old. So those first 12 or 13 years of a person's life are critical to determining who they're going to be and how they're going to live for the rest of their days on the planet. And in order to prepare them for that, the Bible tells us that it's a parent's job to introduce and instill a biblical worldview in their mind and heart to guide all the decisions they make. 
That's what a worldview does. Mm -hmm. It determines every decision you make. So if you want to be in harmony with God and what he's called us to do and to be, then you need to have a biblical worldview. But the challenge that we've got here, of course, is that you can't give what you don't have. And what we've discovered through this research is that only 2% of the parents of pre-teenagers in America have a biblical worldview. So that means 98 out of every 100 could not lead their children to have a biblical worldview, even if they wanted to, because they themselves don't have that. Most of them don't understand what it is. And so really what this research is trying to do is to help us understand where are parents falling short of themselves having a biblical worldview so that eventually they'll be equipped adequately to help raise their children up to have that as well. So only 2% of these parents really are, are, are thinking biblically, uh, that, that have mm-hmm. a, a worldview that would represent biblical uh, uh, thought or, or biblical values. Um, define, define preteen for us. Uh, I think people know what that means, but let's not leave anything to chance. Well, very simply, any children under the age of 13. Okay, so all the way down, all the way down to, 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 uh, to, to young children, not, not like 8 through 13, just all the way under. Right. Okay. All right. Two percent. That that is alarming. Now, tell us how you. We we've had this discussion before, generally, but tell us how you determine if they have a Christian worldview or not. If only two percent do, what does that mean? All right. And first of all, forgive me for doing this. They tell us in media school you should never do this to your host. But I'm going to correct something you said. Okay. You said a Christian worldview, and we're kind of sensitive about that because with all the research that we do we found that people in America no longer believe that Christianity necessarily means that you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Now in America, what Christian means, it's become a generic term for being a good person. So when people say, oh yeah, I have a Christian worldview, what we've discovered they mean is, yeah, I do things that I think make me a good person. They portray me Mm. as someone that you should like and appreciate. I do the things that I think are right. That's a Christian worldview. No, it's not. And that's why we call it a biblical worldview, because it's about going back to God's Word and allowing Him to define very specifically how we're supposed to think and act. Keep in mind, Greg, that people do what they believe. So what you think is vitally important. But the reason it's important isn't just so you can win arguments. It's because what you do in your life, your behaviors, are a direct reflection of what you actually believe. And so when we talk about a biblical worldview, the way that we measure it, we have eight different categories of different types of thoughts, different types of actions or behaviors that we measure, a total of almost 60 questions that we ask people to get at, do you really understand what the scriptures teach? And the big picture of what it calls us to do in terms of our lifestyle. And those are the kinds of things we measure in terms of uh, truth and morality, what we believe about God, what we believe about the scriptures, what we believe about how we should be practicing our faith, what we believe about creation, all of these kinds of things, because all of those beliefs ultimately affect the way that you choose to live. 
very good. And correct me anytime because you're much smarter than I am. So I'm trying to learn. I'm learning from you more than anyone. So uh, I, I'm probably guilty, like a lot of people, of using biblical and Christian sort of mm-hmm. interchangeably. And, I, and I, I hear exactly what you're saying. People's definition of what it means to be Christian has changed. And you and I have had that conversation before. So mm-hmm. I, I should have known better. So uh, I, always correct me. Uh, which of the, uh, the areas of, uh, of questioning do, do you find was most alarming of these parents of children um, under 13? Uh, you, you guys do it, you know, y- y'all break the questions up into different groupings. Uh, mm-hmm. Which was most alarming, do you feel like? Well, you know, Greg, when we look at this, we know that there are some beliefs that we would consider to be foundational, mm-hmm. things that you need to believe this as kind of building blocks for your worldview. So, for instance, do you believe that the Bible is God's accurate word? For instance, do you believe that there is such a thing as absolute moral truth? For instance, do you believe that truth is defined by the person, the character, and the nature of God? God himself is the embodiment of truth. Do you believe that God exists? and that he's the all-knowing, all-powerful, perfect, and just creator of the universe who still rules that universe today. Those are some of the the foundations. You know, another one would be, and what do you consider to be the purpose of your life as a human being? Uh, Another one would be also, uh, how would you define success for your life? Mm. So we look at all those kinds of questions, and we would say, you know, if you get those right, according to what the Scriptures teach, you have a much better chance of either having a biblical worldview or developing one because you've got the basic building blocks in place. And as we look at the parents of preteens today, those basic building blocks are what's missing. And so when pastors come to me and say, wow, this is a big task, where do we start? I say, let's go to these foundation stones. Mm. Let's make sure that people get the basics. You know, we we go to church, and our pastors tend to think, well, people know the basics. I'll teach some of the more esoteric theological realities. When in point of fact, most people don't get the basics. They're buying into otherworldly philosophies, and therefore they're completely confused. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've got to start with the basics. You're absolutely right. And, And I know that a lot of people out there will tend to think, you're talking parents of preteens, and, and they're thinking, oh, well, most parents of preteens, you know, they're not in church, and they don't know. Look, this is just, I'm looking at the numbers. They're just as alarming uh, for those self-identified Christian parents of preteens. In fact, in some areas, they're probably even worse off. There's not a lot of difference in the numbers between all parents and self-identified Christian parents, is there? No, I mean, we're talking about two percentage points. Yeah in terms of the incidence. So, I mean, that's virtually invisible statistically. What it means is the two groups are indistinguishable. So the implication of that is people's perception of faith in their life and their faith practices are not doing much to advance them in terms of having a biblical worldview. And if you don't have that worldview, the chances of you not only acting like Jesus, but even before that, thinking like Jesus is very slim. 
Mm-mm. So this is in your churches, my friends. <laughs> it may be in your own home. It may be you. Um, but this is in our church. This this isn't all those other people out there. Uh, this is your church. If you're a children's minister, a pastor, even a youth pastor, you're dealing with the effects of this. You're seeing it. If, if you're a teacher in a public school, you're seeing this. Uh, and as you say, these parents can't pass along uh, what they don't possess themselves. Uh, look, this research is available, everyone, uh, arizonachristian.edu. Is that the best way to get it? Is there a more direct site, George, real quick? Yeah, you can go directly to the homepage of the Cultural Research okay. Center. Just go to culturalresearchcenter.com. Everything is there. It's free. You can download it. That's the best place. This stuff, it, Absolutely free. All you got to do is pull it up and look at it. Uh, culturalresearchcenter.com we're going to take a break we're going to come back on the other side Dr. Barn is going to stay with us uh, nice enough to stay with us another segment and uh, we'll start talking about how parents can improve your ability to raise spiritual champions so we've defined the problem Uh, let's start sort of moving in, in in a positive direction in some way Dr. George Barna is our guest. It's Priority Talk Live right here on WXJC Radio. Uh, We've also got the live video going on our Facebook page at Priority Talk. You can find that very easily. This will also podcast for you as well. If you want to let other people listen to it, head to PriorityTalkRadio.com. You can share it or listen again. Stay with us, my friends. It's Priority Talk Live, and we'll be right back more with Dr. George Barna. Hey, Priority Talk listeners, Greg Davis here, and I want to tell you about the newest sponsor to the show, and that's Pesty.com. Pesty.com is pest control just done better. Pesty.com uses pro-grade formulas to defend your home against all kinds of pests, and it's delivered directly to your door. It's easy to use and safe for the kids and pets, and at one quarter of the cost of traditional pest control companies, it's a no-brainer. Pesty.com is backed by 100% satisfaction guarantee. That means if you're not satisfied, they'll refund your money 100%. So check them out at Pesty.com. That's P-E-S-T-I-E.com. And protect your home or business this season. Make sure you use the promo code GREG at checkout. That's Pesty.com and use the promo code G-R-E-G at checkout to save 10% off your order. One Point USA is a security company serving churches and businesses in the state of Alabama. Don't wait until something happens to protect your employees and your valuable property. One Point USA's experienced staff understands your security needs and wants to help you before a problem arises. From video surveillance to card access control and commercial security systems, One Point USA has got you covered. Call One Point USA today at 205-701-0191. That's 205-701-0191 or visit onepointusa.com. That's the number one pointusa.com. One Point USA. Be secure. And now back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. My life be like. My life be like. Greg Davis here with you and our guest, Dr. George Barna. We've got a few more moments uh, with him, and you can go to culturalresearchcenter.com and uh, access uh, all of his latest research. He gives it away, guys, absolutely free. Uh, If you're a church leader, a pastor, a parent, look, why in the world would you not go and and access the very best research uh, that we can put our hands on and put our eyes and put our mind to? Uh, And uh, Dr. Barna, that is a, a great gift 
uh, that you give to us, and we do appreciate it. Well, thanks, Greg. Yeah, I mean, the big thing for us is we got to we got to put it into action. And so, you know, God's enabled us to collect this. It doesn't do us any good sitting on a shelf in the library. We've got to have people who say, okay, I get it. Now I'm going to do it. All right. Now, with only about one out of every five parents of preteen children being born again, uh, only 2% having a, a, a biblical worldview, um, we've got a problem. And so let's talk about uh, improving parents' ability to raise spiritual champions. Now, you're, you're very precise on words. Why did you pick spiritual champions, raising spiritual champions? What does that mean? You know, as we looked at how today's parents are raising their kids, almost all of them want their kids to be champions, but they want them to be champions of industry. They want them to be champions of education. They want them to be champions in sports. They've got all these different things that they want their kids to excel in. But we're not finding that very many parents at all, even born-again Christian parents, are thinking, yeah, it's most important that I raise my child to be a spiritual champion. I want to raise them up to be someone who knows and loves and serves Jesus Christ with all their heart, mind, strength, and soul. In the end, Greg, I mean, that's, that's really what our life is about. And we get distracted, and we run down wrong paths, thinking that money and reputation and popularity and all of these other things are so much more important. When in point of fact, when we stand before God at the end of our lives, he's not going to say, so, how much was in your bank account? Right. How many homes did you have? What was the nicest model car you owned? I mean, he's going to look at what did you do to advance my kingdom? What did you do to glorify my name? What did you do to build things spiritually on earth? And so that's what we've got to be raising is spiritual champions. Okay, that very well said. Uh, another perspective on these numbers, only 8% of born-again parents of preteens have a biblical worldview. So of the born-again ones, the ones that you, you define as born-again, based on the questions that they answer, only 8% of those born again have a biblical worldview. It, it, it just, the numbers don't stop becoming more and more alarming. Uh, so uh, how, how do we approach this? What, what, what can parents do to improve the ability to raise these spiritual champions? Okay, well, one thing that parents would be helped by is keeping in mind that you've got to be consistent in what you do. Mm. For years, I've been doing research on parenting. Years ago, I wrote a book called Revolutionary Parenting. And the, the big takeaway from that book is the parents who raise spiritual champions are the parents who are very consistent in thought, word, and deed. Now, why does that matter? Because think about how a child is developing his or her worldview. They're thrust into this overwhelming, confusing world where there are so many different ways of doing and thinking about everything. And so they've got to try to figure out what's right, what's best, what is really the worldview for me. And what do they do? They turn to the people that they trust the most, which is their parents. And so first they listen to what their parents say to them, but then they watch their parents and what we found in this research is that there is such a huge disconnect between what parents say and what parents do. 
our children are literally being taught to disregard their parents. See, because our children already are scared. They have anxiety about the world. They're trying to figure it out. And so they watch their parents who are confused, apparently, because their actions don't comport with their words. And so the child concludes, you know what? I guess my parents are just as confused as I am. They don't have the answers. And that faith that they were telling me about or that they want me to buy into, that Christianity, I guess that must not have the answers either because my parents aren't living it. So I've got to look elsewhere. And, Greg, that's what opens the door for the arts and entertainment media in particular. Hmm. Also government laws, also the schools, also their friends and peers, but predominantly the arts and entertainment media, because every time a child watches a movie, a television show, listens to popular music, plays a video game, looks at social media downloads, all of those things, they are communicating worldview messages. And what we found is that when you evaluate a movie, you've been doing content analysis on children's television programming and movies. And what we're finding is that they are consistent in the message that they communicate. Now, they do not, for the most part, communicate biblical messages, but they are communicating worldview messages. It might be secular humanism, Marxism, postmodernism. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are, there are dozens of worldviews out there. But what's happening is because that's consistent, the children gravitate to those messages because it makes more sense to them. It's clear. There's no conflict embedded within it. And that's why they begin to buy into other worldviews. Hmm. Well, you're right. Um, the world, uh, the, the world, the media, they, they're very consistent in, in what they present. And it's not a, a biblical worldview. Uh, you talked about the inconsistency uh, in parents, what they sort of say and do. Um, give us an example of that. I mean, maybe this is just brain dead, but I, I don't, I don't want anybody to miss this and, and realize, hey, this is me, and I didn't realize it. How, how, how simple can this be in a parent's life to, to sort of recognize this and hopefully correct it? Uh, I'll give you a common one, and that has to do with money. Now, the biblical view on on wealth is that yes, we work hard, we want to earn a good salary, we want to you know guard our money well, invest it well, etc. But the biblical view on money is that all the wealth that you possess has essentially been guided toward you or given to you by God for the purpose of investing it in. The, the advancement of his kingdom. Now, that doesn't mean that you should never buy yourself food or housing or clothing. Of course you should. But that the end goal is that you would be uh, accumulating as much of that wealth as possible to invest in things that honor and glorify and lift up God and his kingdom. And so when a child comes home and maybe they've been told that by their parents, maybe they've read it in the Bible, maybe they went to a Sunday school class and that that was told to them. Chances are none of that will happen, but but if that happened, and then they listen to their parents who are saying, man, you know what, I am am working a second job because I want to get that that Porsche 928. Hmm. I just think that is the coolest car on the face of the earth, and I deserve one of those. And so I'm going to work really hard, and I'm going to squirrel away the money until I've got enough to get that, 
or a beach house or whatever it is that we want, where we start to set our mind on how many earthly things can we accumulate because we work hard, we're good people, we deserve it, other people have it, why shouldn't I? All of those ideas, kids will hear that and they'll say, wait a minute, that's really how you're supposed to think about money? It's just for me to use for my own pleasure and purposes? See, that, that's, that's a mixed cue. And so there are a lot of those kinds of things where we have to be thinking about not only are we sending the right cues to our children, but do I have the right mindset? In the example I just gave you, that parent is not thinking biblically. So regardless of what they taught their child previously, they have a worldview issue. They don't understand God's way of thinking. They don't understand why he allows us to accumulate wealth, how we're supposed to manage it, and what the end outcomes are that we should be desiring with all the things that we're able to accumulate. Well, and then uh, examples like that, and and you, you sort of start stacking those in your own life and your kids see that inconsistency and again we're talking pre-teens okay mm-hmm. we're talking under 13 years so four five six seven eight nine ten years old uh, they begin to see this in multiple areas of your life and i think you said mixed messages come and so they just dismiss um this faith that you claim to have or this belief system that you may claim to have the christian quote unquote uh, and they dismiss it, and uh, by the time they're 13, they've already written it off. Am, am I overstating it? No, that's exactly it. And, Greg, one of the things that we find is that one of the most popular worldviews that young people are gravitating toward is something called moralistic therapeutic deism. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a worldview that when people say, well, wow, that's a mouthful, you know, in shorthand, what is it? I say it's fake Christianity because it teaches that, yes, God exists, no, he's not involved in my life, but he simply wants me to be a good person, and he wants me to be happy. Now, that's a worldview, and it's got more components to it, but that's the heartbeat of it. And so when you buy into that worldview, that's kind of a, a distorted view of what the Bible teaches. Now, that worldview also teaches that the Bible is not absolute moral truth, that, you know, you have to take your cues essentially from the culture. But keep in mind that, you know, kids are are buying into these distorted ideas about God, about how he wants us to live, about success, all of these things. So, yeah, remember, a worldview starts developing at 15 to 18 months of age. Why? Because your worldview is the thing that is the basis of every decision you make. And so as you go through your day, 18 months of age, two years old, four years old, eight years old, whatever, you are making hundreds of decisions every day. Your worldview is critical to every one of those. So that's why young kids are watching their parents. They're watching their teachers. They're watching, you know, movies and television, trying to figure it out as soon as they can so that they're not wrestling with the cognitive dissonance that happens when life doesn't make sense. Yeah, and this is a, a huge factor even in the church. And so uh, mm-hmm. we've got a lot of pastors and youth pastors I know that listen to the show. And so there's probably a lot of youth pastors out there. And now maybe you're beginning to, to get a better understanding of why these parents come start dropping their kids off to you on Wednesday nights or whatever. And uh, here in the South Georgia in particular, they come dropping mm-hmm. them off 
and they want you to fix them. <laughs> and, yep, yep. and they've yep. already dismissed the whole worldview, the whole, they've already dismissed the whole thing because of the inconsistencies in the parent's life. Is that right? Absolutely. And with their parents, you know, one of the things that adults talk about is, oh my gosh, kids are so disrespectful. It's not that they're disrespectful so much as they, they haven't found a reason to follow what their parents are telling them. We've got to model it for them. And, and this thing that you talk about where parents are just dropping kids off at church, it's not just church. They're dropping them off at tutors. They're dropping them off at coaches. Yeah. They're dropping them off everywhere because the prevailing parenting strategy in America today is a subcontracting model, yes, yes. which says, I don't know how to do it, so I'll buy the experts. I'll have them do it. Yeah, you're exactly right. I've used that word many times. You can't subcontract out um, uh, discipling your own your kids. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you can't you can't do it. Uh, George Barna, our guest, always a pleasure. And my goodness, um, look, all these numbers. He's got more numbers here than we could ever even cover on the on the radio. <laughs> it's all there. So if you've got maybe you're listening to this and you're going, well, I'm not sure about that, or what's he mean by this, or you know, what about this number, or you know, just if you're wanting to dive down into the details, George, tell them uh, what they can find at the website, uh, culturalresearchcenter.com. Yeah, I mean, we've been doing worldview research for several years now, so we've got all kinds of reports there that you can download for free. We've got two books that talk about worldview and where the state of worldview in America. You can get those. So I mean, all of these resources are available to you. But this, uh, you know, I study worldview because I think it's the most important issue in American society today. We won't solve immigration. We won't solve crime. We won't solve any of these other issues until we address the underlying worldview problems. Mm. It's the foundational problem. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, look, uh, the Barna name is the most quoted name uh, in among um, church and uh, and uh, students of culture. The Barna name. Uh, it's solid. It's the real deal. And look, stuff that George was telling us uh, decades ago has all come to fruition now. We've seen the results of it. And he's telling us again, and, in, and unless we do something different, and, and, in, and he's got in here how we can start to turn the course, unless we do something different, unfortunately, we're going to see the results again. Uh, his, his research has proven uh, uh, to be um, uh, very accurate and, and very uh, foretelling uh, for, for, for a long time now. So everybody knows the Barna name, and we do hope you'll check it out, culturalresearchcenter.com. All the research is there for you for free. Uh, Dr. Barna, always a pleasure, my friend, and we will look forward to visiting with you again down the road, uh, not too far down. I'm glad you're doing well. Your voice sounds great, and I'm glad you're back at it. Thank you so much, Greg. It's a pleasure to be with you again. Absolutely. Take care, my friend. Have a great weekend. You too. God bless you. Yep. All right, there it is. Dr. George Barna, can't beat him, man. The best. The best. And I tried not to get too bogged down in the numbers. I've done that before when I've talked with him because I, I think they get lost in translation because I'm looking at the numbers and you're hearing the numbers and it can get lost in translation. Um, there's a few things in here I probably could pull out that are just really alarming. Um, but look, he, he puts these in reports. And so I'm looking at the, this report that we were just talking about. It's six pages long. So you can just download that report, print it out and study it. And in it, he gives the big picture, the explanation, and then uh, he gives you sort of the, the summary and then he gives you all the details, all the numbers, all the details. Um, and these, look, these stats were, were, uh, were, were taken this year. So this is the latest, greatest research. And uh, as we said,
you, when you when you quote George Barna, uh, you're quoting the gold standard. And uh, if you're a youth pastor, children's minister, pastor, even a parent, leading a parents group or anything like that, uh, this is what you need to be looking at to know how to approach the problem. Okay, we'll take a break. It is about 10 minutes till 5. Let's open up the phone lines if you'd like to call and comment on uh, his uh, observations. I would love to hear from you, 205-941-1011. Fox Mortgage, NMLS, 184-762. Jim Corey, NMLS, 212-055. I just want to talk about my experience with Fox Mortgage. Cordarius Witherspoon is another very happy Fox Mortgage customer. They were able to get us refinanced. We saved about 1.8% on our interest rate, and that saved us thousands of dollars on our monthly mortgage payment. We were able to also do a cash payout on our mortgage with that refinance, and we were able to pay off a lot of debt, so it was great for us. If you're looking to refinance your mortgage, I would highly recommend Fox Mortgage. The people over there at Fox Mortgage, Jody, Dawson, Melody, all of them were persistent in getting the rate that I needed and they were really helpful. Hi, I'm Jim Corey, president of Fox Mortgage. I'm ready to help you with your mortgage needs. Call now, 661-6868. Fox Mortgage, where we're quick as a fox. Jim Corey and his staff, they've been helping Crawford Broadcasting listeners with their mortgage needs since 1992. That's Integra and Experience, and they're ready to help you with your mortgage needs now as well. Call them from anywhere across Alabama, 205-661-6868, 205-661-6868. That's Fox Mortgage, weather quick as a fox. This is Greg, and I want you to know about my friend Jeff Harding and Alabama Reliable Roofing. Your local roofing expert since 1998, Alabama Reliable Roofing provides residential and commercial clients with exceptional roofing services. Jeff and his experienced team are well-equipped to provide repairs and installations of shingle and metal roofs. Look, I know the importance of a roof and that it's one of the biggest investments you make in your home, place of business, or church facilities. Alabama Reliable Roofing understands this as well and has the experience to work with your insurance company in case of storm damage. So whether your roof has suffered from storm damage and needs repairs, or it just may be time for a new roof, you need an inspection to determine the next steps. Company owner Jeff Harding is waiting on your phone call and will be personally involved with every job. Call him at 205-369-9630 for a no-obligation conversation and a free estimate. Look at their work on the Alabama Reliable Roofing Facebook page and then call Jeff at 205-369-9630. Alabama Reliable Roofing, 205-369-9630. Hey guys, this is Mike Grayson from the band Mike's Chair and you're listening to Priority Talk with Greg Davis right here on one of my favorites, WXJC. And we return at six minutes till. Let's take just a minute and give you a little bit of this uh, information from uh, culturalresearchcenter.com, Dr. George Barna. Of course, he's no longer affiliated with the Barna Group, okay? They, they do good work, too, but I, I like yeah, to clarify that. Yeah, he sold that, that off that. several years ago. Yeah, yeah, he's been out of that for quite a while. So uh, the Barna Group is, uh, is no longer him. Now, we've interviewed the folks that currently run the Barna, uh, but, uh, but George is our favorite, and, and I, he's, he's the pioneer on this quite honestly uh, we're talking about you know only two percent of parents of preteens having a biblical worldview and uh, 
Well, you got to be careful with George. He, he's very precise on his definition. So when I said a Christian or biblical, uh, no, not a Christian, because we've had that conversation before. What do people mean when they say Christian? Well, they don't mean biblical. So I'm glad he corrected me on that. Uh, that almost always happens when, he, when we interview. He almost always has to go, oh, Greg, now wait a minute. And I'm glad for that because uh, I enjoy visiting with him and learning. And uh, whether any of you learn anything or care, I enjoy it. And so it's, 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 I do it for you, but it's for me too. Um, what are some of the, the, the most alarming trends? Listen to some of this. Okay, this, These numbers were conducted this year, okay, in January. Parents of children under the age of 13. And I ask about preteen because sometimes people define preteen as like 10 to 12. You know, but he says no all the way down. If they're not 13, they're a preteen. Okay. The Bible is your primary source of moral guidance. That's the question. All parents of preteens, 24% agree. Self-identified Christian parents of preteens, only 33% agree. Now, look, we stop right there. That's, that's the problem. That only one-third of self-identified Christian parents of preteens could say the Bible is my primary source of moral guidance. Mic drop. I mean, there's nothing else yeah. you can say. There that, you go. That's it. Pastors, there's the problem. Bingo. And we had better be letting, showing them why the Bible should be their primary source of moral guidance. Um, next question. I'll get one more here. Um, 26% of all parents of preteens, 24% of identified parents, Christian parents, so the same number basically, reject the belief that moral absolutes do not exist and individuals determine truth for themselves. So 25, basically a quarter, a quarter of parents can reject the belief that moral absolutes do not exist and individuals determine truth for themselves. Only a quarter can reject that. Wow. Wow that you determine truth for yourself. Only 25% of self-identified parents, Christian parents, these are the ones that should be in our churches, can reject that and say, no, an individual does not determine truth for themselves. What, what, what that We got a problem. The basis of truth is God revealed through the Bible. 38% of self-identified Christian parents agree to that. Only 38% would say the basis of truth is God revealed through the Bible. Wow. Only 55% of self-identified Christian parents would say the Bible is the accurate words of God. Only just a little over half. And then when you get into some of the lifestyle choices, oh my goodness. Like he talked about how you handle money. Um, when you start, I mean, you take that, that they don't believe the Bible is their primary source of morality and that 
truth is from God and not something you come up with on your own, and then you start looking at how they're going to look at their lifestyle choices, wow, uh, it, it's a complete disaster. And we're seeing the results of it in our nation right now. Okay, we'll be right back. We've got another hour yet to come. Keep it here. Priority Talk Live. Hour number two on Friday, Priority Talk Live. Man, we're glad you're with us. Thank you so much for giving us a little bit of your time, spending some of it with us right here on WXJC Radio, Priority Talk Live. Greg Davis here with you on uh, this Friday afternoon. I'm working hard, so you work hard as well. Hang in here with us. Give us a phone call at 205-941-1011. Be a part of the program. Don't leave us hanging. Who's out there? You there? Hello. We uh, had Dr. George Barna with us last hour. Always fantastic. And uh, that will be at our Priority Talk podcast. And also, uh, that will go to our uh, a separate podcast we have that we call Greg Davis Conversations. And uh, if you haven't found those two uh, podcasts, those are audio podcasts on all your, uh, all your favorite platforms, it's there. Uh, Priority Talk, you'll find it. Uh, subscribe to both of those. Uh, check out both of them. Keep them open on your browser or whatever, ever how you do it. Um, and um, we'll have the daily show there with a description of sort of what we talked about. And you can see if something catches your eye or if you want to listen to something again. And then we also have Greg Davis Conversations. That's a separate podcast. And there will be some of the um, guest interviews that we're able to, to, uh, to have like Dr. George Barna, and that was live here on the right, here on the air. That was a live conversation. But we're also going to have some conversations on there that uh, may possibly never even make their way on the air. We just don't have time to get all of the content in that we have the ability to produce. And so we're going to be talking with a lot of people, and we're going to put, be putting them there on the Conversations podcast. So we want you to check that out as well. And then some of those may make their way to air later on. But uh, we're going to be having a couple of week that uh, are extra for you, okay, quite honestly. It's just extra content. And so uh, check those out. Look in on them. And and when you see something that catches your your eye or your attention, then we hope you'll do it. Of course, it'll all be good news. It'll all be Christian values, as always. Priority Talk podcast and, of course, Greg Davis conversations. Now, we've also got the Rumble page now. We want you to know about that. Rumble is a, uh, a video uh, source. What, Jason, what do you call Rumble? It's a, how do you say it? I, don't, don't say it's like this. Just say what it is. It is, a, it is both a live streaming and a video collection there you or, go. Or, or a video vault, just like, you know, like everybody yeah, else say is them, YouTube. Yeah. It, it, just like other people are used to, right. to seeing online on other services but the 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 added benefit skip the tube and go to rumble yeah exactly the 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 benefit of having rumble is that you are likely to not be censored due to uh conservative and christian values and both actually who else did i just see yesterday Mm -hmm. that their rump their their youtube page they they locked it up there's too Um, there's too many people that get hit because of their algorithms trying to think who that was and uh, they oh i know who it was it was uh, a young man that I've just recently got to know that's running for sheriff in one uh, of our counties. Wow. And he's doing a podcast, and he had quite a few episodes up, and 
he he said it's not there anymore. They 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 locked him out. Man. And so grief. that's what I say. I just don't want to put the time, effort, energy into, into to pushing you to YouTube when they are uh, treating us like that and would eventually get us too. So Rumble is where it's at. Rumble, Priority Talk Man, and if you'll go to our social media accounts, uh, you'll find plenty of links to get you there. Yeah, and you, uh, can, da- you can download Rumble's app for free to yeah, your device. Free. Yeah, yeah, you can download it's it on your app. phone. Uh, you can pull it up on your web browser. You can put it on, you know, whatever. Um, you can pull it up on your uh, on, on your uh, smart TV or your uh your Amazon or what you know, whatever you use to stream, it's all there. Rumble, rumble, rumble. All right, find it. And a lot of you big timers are on there. We're not big timers, but we're on there. And uh, the the last video we have there was the conversation with Lindy Blanchard just two days ago. It's there. You can go watch the entire conversation, uh, edited out. It's about forty five minutes, and uh, you can get to know get to know her. Yeah, we like to serve it up hot and fresh over there at uh, at, at Rumble and. Of course, we don't just have the current stuff. We've got past yeah, interviews. There's some stuff. past stuff on there. So if as well. you missed a past interview, by all means, please go to the Rumble Priority Talk Man. Uh, you'll find the account there, and you can watch for free, uh, and you'll get to enjoy a great conversation with with Greg and who and, and some of his current and past yeah. guests. Please find it. And of course, we're streaming live right now, as we do most every day when I'm in studio. Uh, we stream live every day on Facebook, and we're going to expand that out as well. We're working on it. But if you want to watch, hello, if you want to watch, you can do so uh, on our Facebook page, uh, Priority Talk. And uh, it's a it's a good-looking feed, all right? I, we didn't want to do it till we could do it well, and it looks good. we got three cameras going. I mean, it's nice. So um, go, go look at it. Lots of fun. Uh, last night, I caught the Laura Ingram show. I missed that. Now I did. I had no idea what was going on. I just kind of was. I just was scrolling. I was watching the Braves and the Cubs, quite honestly, and kind of got bored with it. And I was scrolling around, and I caught it just as it was coming on. And uh, I saw where she had the governor, Ron DeSantis, and so I got interested in watching it. And he was on fire, as they say. I'm just telling you, and in particular when it came to Disney. Now, this, she called this the Florida and the American Comeback uh, town hall t- type setting with a live audience, and she was down in the Orlando area and uh, talking about Florida and the American Comeback. And they hit on a lot of subjects, including the uh, transgender issues that Florida's led the way on. Alabama followed suit, which nothing wrong, at least we followed suit. Uh, and then she had different uh, parents on there talking about how their children had been indoctrinated in the Florida schools. One of them said during the pandemic, their uh, child came home and said they weren't sure if they what if they were a boy or a girl. And then she found out there'd been six other kids in her class with, dealing with the same issue. Then she found out that the parent, the teachers had been talking to them and asking them which bathroom do you want to use and, and planning this confusion in their mind so she calls the uh, parent calls the teachers the parent does and is told uh that that's uh, she can't know about those conversations basically those are private that now she like basically like uh, you're you're not classified as gender affirming so you're shut out do you know this is secondary though when you think about this Several years back, when the Obama implemented Common Core, 
the teachers, the school system, the superintendents were told to tell the kids, you cannot take the textbooks home and you cannot tell yeah. the parents what you're learning. Yep. So this is another. This well, is another. Santos talked two. about that. He talked about how they have textbook transparency, uh, where parents can absolutely see. So anyway, he went into all of that. It was uh, quite, you know, not not anything I didn't know, but but it's quite eye opening when you see real parents sitting there, telling these stories about what happened to their kids, and then you hear uh, people that were against some of this legislation, i.e., most mostly Democrats, most all Democrats against it and saying you know why is this an issue this isn't happening and of course it's happening and if, it, if it's not happening it's gonna happen you know if it wasn't happening or gonna happen you wouldn't have had any opposition to the uh, to the legislation if there wasn't an agenda you wouldn't mind somebody saying let's don't do this because you'd say i agree with you so then the topic came to disney and they had two disney employees there they talked with a couple of others on on uh, on video but they had two there in person who just said they hate what Disney's become. And these are people that have worked there a long time. I mean, I think one of them 30 years. That they hate what Disney, and these are just rank and file employees, hating what Disney's come. That they say it's divided. Uh, they don't even enjoy, one of them said, don't even, can't even enjoy going to work anymore. And then uh, Ingram turned it to uh, Ron DeSantis. And I'm going to play this for you, and then we're going to go to break, and then we'll come back and continue the topic. But uh, man, and this is a minute or two now, but listen. If you miss this, this is this is why this guy could could be your next president. Uh, he's Trump, but but better, but knows how to say things better. Two All right, here he is. American wonderful corporation, and now it's just another political forum for people to get upset with each other. Now, Governor Disney has responded to your law stripping them of their mm -hmm. special tax status, claiming that the statute reads, "quote." The state of Florida pledges it will not limit or alter the rights of the district until all such bonds, together with interest thereon, are fully met and discharged. Governor, they claim that means Florida taxpayers are going to be on the hook for about a billion dollars because of your decision. So could this end up backfiring on the people of Florida? Yeah. All right. So this is sort of the disinformation uh, from Disney that's, you know, they're, they're in panic mode that this is happening to them. Now, he's going to explain about the... Uh, uh, the government and the economics of this. Can we hear it? Okay, I've got it up as loud as I can as I can turn it up. Um, I, I have no more volume. To, I was hoping for a little more, but it's all right. I have no more. So, and I've got it up uh, all the way. Yes, absolutely, all the way. So, um, you just just listen in close. It's going to get a little louder too as he as he begins to talk. You're you're going to be able to hear. Uh, no, Disney will pay its debts. Disney will, for the first time, actually live under the same laws as everybody else in Florida. Imagine that. characterization of the statute is inaccurate? Yeah, so... The, is that what your attorneys are telling you? Right, so uh, the legislature did it starting next uh, June because there's going to be additional legislative action. We've contemplated that. We know what we're going to do. And so stay tuned. That'll all be apparent. He's got a plan. The bonds will be paid by Disney. Uh, they will be paying taxes, probably more taxes. They will follow the laws that every other person has to do, and they will no longer have the ability to run their own government, which they're the only corporation in all of Florida, the only entity in all of Florida, that has the ability to run their own government and do this. So and you so, guys are going to have to pay the bills for the police, the firefighters. No, so else. that's the thing. People just this their taxes they pay to Reedy Creek they're paying themselves they are Reedy Creek 
It's a fiction. They are paying money to run their operations. They will continue paying money to run their operations. And that'll be true if the state is in charge of a district, if it's dissolved to the locals, it doesn't matter. That is going to continue to happen. And so all of this is, um, you know, some people are saying, oh, Disney's going to do so well, they're going to get a tax break. If they would get a massive tax break out of dissolving Reedy Creek, they would have gotten this done decades ago. I mean, that's just the reality. It's, it's not, it's, it doesn't pass the last. But Governor, test. The, I think it was the New York Times in a piece about you and a lot of this today said that, look, the original mission of Disney early on thought was to settle uh, Disney World in St. Louis. That, that was the original thought for Disney World. And so they're like, why not have a, announce a five-year plan to move Disney World in response to you to St. Louis or to Atlanta or Jared Polis in Colorado. Governor Polis said, bring it on to Colorado. We'll welcome you with open arms. What if you're the governor that drove Disney out? You want to bet that they will not move it out of Florida? I, I would be willing to bet a lot of money. And, uh, you know, it, it probably cost a half a trillion dollars to do that. So they're, they're I mean, literally. So you think that's a lot of big talk? They, they need, yeah, of course it is. They're in Florida. They have huge investments here. Well, where and, does this end and with they, you and Disney? How is this, it, it, it what's just, the next it, step? It just this? simply ends with them being treated the same as every other company in Florida. Uh, they're going to follow laws. They're not going to have their own government. Uh, they're going to pay their debts, pay their taxes, and it's fine. I want them to do it. I saved tens of thousands of jobs in Orlando. If you had a governor like in California, these people would have lost their jobs because Disneyland was closed for over a year. I got them back. In fact, I wanted them back earlier than they did. All right, now here comes the fire. Get ready. He's on fire. And, I, and, you know, I did it because I cared about the people's jobs and their livelihoods. But in the process of doing that, we made Disney millions and millions of dollars because we had sensible policies during COVID. And so that's just the reality. So I want everyone to do well, but I am not comfortable having one company with their own government and special privileges when that company has pledged itself to attacking the parents in my state. When that company... When that company has very high up people talking about injecting pansexualism into programming for young kids, it's wrong. Walt Disney would not want that. And so get back to the mission. Do what you did great. That's why people love the company and you've lost your way. Maybe this will be the wake-up call that they need to get back on track. On fire, man, the guy. My goodness. He said what everybody's thinking. Um, he's the governor. He's the governor. And uh, I got a feeling the guy's going to be president at some point. He's headed that direction. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll, let's talk some Disney when we come back. I, I'm going to remind you of some things, all right? And I want to get your input as well. Uh, when did you first realize that Disney was going wrong? Was there a point back there somewhere where you went, oh, wait a minute. Disney can't do that. They shouldn't be doing that. Was there a point where you broke ties with and said, I can't go there? Or, or you felt uncomfortable watching Dylan go into Disney because of the direction they were going? When you went, this isn't Walt Disney's uh, company anymore. When was it for you? 205-941-1011. Fox Mortgage, NMLS, 184762. Jim Corey, NMLS, 212055. 
six years ago was my opportunity to get the first loan through Fox Mortgage and Jim. He was able to get me a pretty decent rate at the time. And six years later, I'm looking at a refi. Gary talks about his mortgage experience working with Fox Mortgage President Jim Corey. I was actually with a military-friendly banking institution and was going with them initially. And then I had an issue with trying to track down a VA certificate of eligibility. And I called Jim's office. When I asked him the question, he says, well, any reason you're not going with me again? So I said, well, I, I thought I got the best rate. And he says, well, let me let me check. So he, he checked and he actually beat the rate that I was currently thinking that it couldn't be beat. So he's a repeat performer. Uh, he's phenomenal in everything he does. He keeps the ball rolling. I can't say enough about how pleasant the experience was. He made everything easy. We went through and closed in less than 30 days. Hi, I'm Jim Corey, president of Fox Mortgage. I'm ready to help you with your mortgage needs. Call now, 661-6868. Fox Mortgage, where we're quick as a fox. Jim Corey and his staff, they've been helping Crawford Broadcasting listeners with their mortgage needs since 1992. That's integrity and experience, and they're ready to help you with your mortgage needs now as well. Call them from anywhere across Alabama, 205-661-6868, 205-661-6868. That's Fox Mortgage, whether quick as a fox. This is Greg, and I want you to know about my friend Jeff Harding and Alabama Reliable Roofing. Your local roofing expert since 1998, Alabama Reliable Roofing provides residential and commercial clients with exceptional roofing services. Jeff and his experienced team are well-equipped to provide repairs and installations of shingle and metal roofs. Look, I know the importance of a roof and that it's one of the biggest investments you make in your home, place of business, or church facilities. Alabama Reliable Roofing understands this as well and has the experience to work with your insurance company in case of storm damage. So whether your roof has suffered from storm damage and needs repairs, or it just may be time for a new roof, you need an inspection to determine the next steps. Company owner Jeff Harding is waiting on your phone call and will be personally involved with every job. Call him at 205-369-9630 for a no-obligation conversation and a free estimate. Look at their work on the Alabama Reliable Roofing Facebook page and then call Jeff at 205-369-9630. Alabama Reliable Roofing, 205-369-9630. I'm Papa Joe and you're listening to Greg Davis on Priority Talks. Lovely I'll sing, lovely I'll live. Okay, 25 minutes after, we're glad you're with us today. Thank you for listening. Just just appreciate you very much. And and watching as well, those of you on our Facebook.com slash Priority Talk. We're glad to have you watching us as well. All right, Disney, you heard the governor. My goodness. On fire. Lit it up. You just need to cut, change it over to call him the governor. And the instead. guy's got a plan. Let me tell you something. You heard him. He said, oh, there's going to be some more legislation. We've already thought all this, sir. They're going to pay their bills. They're not They're not going to go anywhere. Um, they're year-round, open. That's the only way they can make it work. You can't go to St. Louis and stay open all year long. You can't go to Colorado and stay open all year long. There's basically two places. I mean, you could go to Texas maybe. But other than that, there's two places, really, Florida and California. Southern California and Florida. They've got the tropical weather that you need for that. But here's what's going to happen, and you heard him say they're going to be paying more taxes. They're going to, it's going to cost them more, and they're going to have to raise their prices. They keep raising them, and they're going to have to keep raising them. I think you made that prediction here what, last week. And, and I'm just telling you, yeah. they may price themselves completely out of it because it's already expensive. 
it's already a privileged place to go. You can't go to Disney if you're not privileged. And I don't mean privileged racially. I'm not getting into that. I'm just saying you got to be super uh, – uh, you you got to have some money to go. Average person you, cannot you, go. you got to get a home equity loan for that. Average person cannot go. I, I, there's no way in the world I can afford it. I've been, but it's been a while. And and when I have looked at going again, I've went, uh, <clears throat> no, I don't think so. No, thank you, please. I mean, it's just, it's outrageous. And it's funny because people will say, we can't afford to go to Israel. <laughs> and then they go to Disney and take their whole family. It's yeah. like, uh, and spend like triple what they would have. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if it's triple, but it's it's comparable. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, let's go back in time. All the way back to 1997. I don't have a sound effect for that. Okay, 1997. Other than Goofy. From- it was the, and, and I'm going to go, and a lot of people made fun and mocked. I'm going to go all the way back to the Southern Baptist Convention annual meeting. It was in Nashville, Tennessee. Southern Baptist called for a boycott of Disney in 1997, saying it was time to declare a conclusion. Uh, In 2005, they ended it, declaring a conclusion to the effort. But all the way back to 1997, Southern Baptist were calling for a boycott of Disney, saying that they were in disagreement with Disney products and policies that violate moral righteousness and traditional family values. And it said that an economic action must be specifically targeted in a limited duration. And that wound up being like eight years. The uh, The boycott itself uh, was, um, was done in Orlando. In 1997, the, the the convention was in Orlando, if I remember right. It was it was 2005. It was in Nashville, and they ended the boycott after eight years. And people laughed and mocked and said, "Oh, those holy roller Christians, those bab- baptizers, uh, calling for a uh, calling for a, uh, uh, a boycott on Disney. What are they thinking? How foolish!" But look, there were some folks there that apparently saw what was happening and what was coming. And in 1997, the Southern Baptist Convention called for a boycott. And uh, and I remember, I, re- I remember it because I remember people laughing at them over it. But they were way ahead of the game on this. I'm sure they weren't the only ones. But they were way ahead of the game on this in 97. And um, maybe more people should have um, adhe- adhered to that boycott maybe it would have been a wake-up call even sooner than it is now. But, of course, uh, that was coming when the introduction of gay days and things like that. When did you first think, oh, Disney, man, this ain't Walt Disney's company anymore? When did it hit you? 205-941-1011. Hey, Priority Talk listeners, Greg Davis here, and I want to tell you about the newest sponsor to the show, and that's Pesty.com. Pesty.com is pest control just done better. Pesty.com uses pro-grade formulas to defend your home against all kinds of pests, and it's delivered directly to your door. It's easy to use and safe for the kids and pets, and at one quarter of the cost of traditional pest control companies, it's a no-brainer. Pesty.com is backed by 100% satisfaction guarantee. That means if you're not satisfied, they'll refund your money 100%. So check them out at Pesty.com, that's P-E-S-T-I-E.com, and protect your home or business this season. Make sure you use the promo code GREG at checkout. 
That's Pesty.com and use the promo code G-R-E-G at checkout to save 10% off your order. And now, back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. My life be like... Okay, we're talking Disney uh, because Governor DeSantis lit it up last night talking about Disney and how they're going to pay their way and uh, that it's time for them to wake up and get back to doing what people loved about them. When did you start realizing that Disney was uh, had some bad intentions? I tell you, I think a lot of people are probably going to go back to some of the subliminal messages. You know, they start off, Maybe didn't start off, but a lot of the ones I realized were uh, uh, subliminal. We'll talk about some of them. Um, but what was it that made you go, uh-oh, this Disney World, it, and this Disney movies, this isn't what it was. Southern Baptist, way back in 1997, called for a boycott, and it went until 2005. And people laughed and mocked. But um, I think maybe they were on to something. All righty, we're going to get to Henry from Winston County here in just a moment. Uh, let's jump in here with our friend Jim Corey from Fox Mortgage first, though. Uh, Jim, tell us about it here on a Friday afternoon. What's going on with Fox Mortgage? Hey, I, Brian, <laughs> Greg, I just want to tell you, I'm really excited about what's going on. We're uh, just looking at what's been going on this week and the blessings of the Lord. And all I can say, no advertisement today. I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to the listeners, the supporting and the station supporting your program and most of all the loans we've gotten it's just it's just great and i want to give thanks to the lord and just say hey this is just a shout out to hey i appreciate y'all well that is wonderful jim and look you've been in revival your church has been in revival this week absolutely i've been in service six times in the last two days wow <laughs> man well god bless you jim have a great weekend my friend we all right. do appreciate it all righty take care thank take you care. jim Corey, 205-661-6868 i'll say it if he didn't call him for your mortgage refi needs uh they're quick as a fox over there all right we're talking disney it's henry he's in winston county let's see what he's got hey gray uh i'll tell you what it's a great show because uh you know you're doing well and you were because you made me break out my bible when uh, you were interviewing, uh, I've done, I forget his name already. Mr. Mr. Barna. Yes. And he brought up wealth, he brought up the children, and so many important things to look up in your Bible uh, to actually, you know, follow what he is saying, but follow it through God's Word, since he was bringing us God's Word. But first I want to mention, when Disney got on my radar, mm -hmm. was when Lion King came out and they uh, put sex yep. in the cloud, yep. and I said to myself, there's no need for that at all. Something's going on, so, you know, I started paying attention. You know, and don't forget now, they were in the area when Anita Bryant was the first one to fall victim to the culture we see today yep. of uh, getting rid of people. And Anita Bryant came out about homosexuality, and she was a beautiful woman, Miss America, I believe, and she was canceled immediately. And this, she was the first victim of this, and that was a long time ago. You should, uh, you know, maybe look that up if, if you. If yeah, you, she was what, a uh, was she was sort of a, a, a singer, recording star back in maybe the '50s, '60s, something like that. Yeah, she um, she was the Miss Orange. She she was a spokesperson for 
the citrus, the oranges of Florida. Wow. Amazing what they did to that woman just because she was a Christian. And that's another thing. Again, I, I, got, I had to break out my Bible. <laughs> and I, to all the credit goes to you and the fact that how you run your show. But, uh, you know, I looked up a couple of things. Of course, God blesses us with wealth, and he wants you to be happy. He wants you to have money. And, but the only problem is if you can't take care of it and you lose it to the wicked, then he can't bless you anymore because you're helping the enemy. You're helping the enemy. Mm -hmm. So it, this includes our taxes. This is why, the, and there's a difference between the nation's blessings and personal blessings. The nation now is under siege from the wicked being overtaken the government. That began when they put a wall in the separation of the church and state, which is not in the Constitution. Correct. I'm sure you know this. Oh, sure. Uh, you can go to wall builders and find out a lot of stuff about the Constitution. Oh, yeah. Da David Barton's been a guest here on the show many times. Yes, sir. And uh, I listened to him, and I went to I don't have a I don't, I don't do social media. I, I believe in garbage in, garbage out. Amen. So the okay. only, I, 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 don't, I, I, I live my life that way. I, I, the TV I have is an antenna TV, <laughs> and uh, I don't have cable. I don't have all that fancy stuff. There's no need for it. Why digest? things that are only going to twist your brain around into believing other things than what God believes. And this is where I want to go off on lamentations. There's a verse that I think it's around 410. It says the pitiful woman, this is the tender-hearted. Pitiful is tender-hearted here. And it says, basically, and it's hard to understand unless you go into the original Hebrew, but it says you yeah, these tender-hearted women, you might as well just take your children, put them in a, a boiling pot of water, cook them and eat them yourself if you do not teach them God's Word before you send them out in the world, because the world will do it instead of you. The world will cook your children and eat them. So this is very important. If you do not teach it, it, it at the beginning, then what are they left with? They're left with the world, and the world will consume them. And we see that today in the violence of our children. The children are more violent than adults in some cases. But I don't want to get off in the weeds here, yeah. because it's God's Word that's most important. Well, Henry, uh, let's, let's say this. We, we've, we're already um, a generation or two in. I mean, when you've got parents of preteens, as George Barna told us, only 2% carry a biblical uh, worldview oh. only two percent uh we're, we're, we're it's just not the kids it's the adults uh are, yeah. are, are already already gone already bought already bought off into the world's uh, thinking because only two percent have a biblical worldview they're ready packaged and ready to be consumed i don't and know if you, you check you can't go much lower than two percent i mean what's the next generation going to be one percent I mean, no, maybe, we've bottomed out. Existence. Yeah. Yeah, we're bottoming out. You know, there's so many good things in God's Word that teach us. What about, and I, I, I want to mention wealth again. You know, that's why, look look what Elon Musk is doing now. He may not be, you know, this or that. We don't know what's in his heart. Yeah. We can't. Only God knows what's in your heart. He can fit in between the pericardium, that thin sliver of skin of your heart, and he could slide right in there. He knows exactly what you're thinking before you think it. And so we don't know what we don't know what what Elon is thinking. But look what he's doing with his money. Yeah. So 
if he's trying to bring truth, it may not be God's truth, but it's the truth of, that we can best serve God in by having not the fake or the lies. There's yeah. no truth in them. You know, God said there's no truth in them. And we see this every day. So, but, but. Well, Henry, you know, you know a lot about what's going on, not to have any TV. That's good. <laughs> well, I have my Bible. I or have, social uh, media, yeah. I'm a, I'm a decorated combat veteran, so I've seen the world, and I know where I want to be always, Amen. and that is on this America. America, there's no other place. I've been, I've even been behind the Iron Curtain. I've been to Poland. I've been all those places. I helped fight the Cold War after Vietnam. So, you know, we were there. I had a Russian submarine come up and surface under our sister ship. And uh, she came out of the water. You could see her wheels turning, the propellers turning, and uh, had a couple arms broken, this and that. And before we reached port, there was pictures of the incident in Newsweek magazine. I could not believe We were told not to mention it, right? And, uh, you know, I was one of the first people to see the Kiev. Uh, it, people say Kev or whatever. So you've been but there? It was a, you've been there? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen, well, now, I've seen the, the aircraft carrier, the Kiev, uh, when it first came out. It, uh, we we uh, were instructed to tail her all through the Mediterranean and all through wherever she was going. It was unbelievable, uh, the animosity developed between the nations, but the, the guys, I mean, when the helicopter, one of the helicopters flew by, they were shooting us the bird and doing all the nasty things, so... We had to go ahead and shoot them the moon. And there's this, you know, <laughs> playful, but a little animosity between the two people, right? Henry, I'm going to take a break here in just a second. Kind of wrap it up. Uh, yeah, I, I'll, okay. I, I'll leave you with this. In Psalms, there's an acrostic, right? And acrostic is pretty important. They're hard to find, but God will lead them to you. Uh, verse, or, or chapter 36, uh, verse 7, and... Uh, 20 and 34. You put them together. They only have three, um, four lines everywhere, but these have three. But uh, it says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. So, but the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord shall be as fat of lambs. They shall consume into smoke. They consume away. Wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt thee and inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. You will see it. You will get to see the enemies of God and your enemy perish. And we'll never feel sorry for them because after that, God wipes that from our memories. There's no tears in heaven. In heaven. And I'll shut up. And I'm sorry I kept no, no, you're off. fine. I just got to go to break. Thank you, Henry. I appreciate the call. Lots of good. Lots you of have good. A wonderful what what chapter was that? Psalm what? Now, go to Psalm 37. 37. Okay. Seven. You put seven and uh, twenty and thirty-four together. They're okay. separated from the rest of the chapter. I got you. And I, I, I can't go into it because it'll take too long, but these okay. are important things. Good. And uh, I'm sorry, I, again, no, you're I, fine. I don't mean you're to be a pest. No, you're a pest. Thank you for the call, man. You're good. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Have for a great weekend. Show. All right. We yes, appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you for your service uh, there, Henry. We do appreciate that. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, and he did mention... 
Thank you for your service, Henry. Uh, he did mention uh, the Lion King being when he went, wow. And I got to say, I remember that. I was actually a youth pastor at a church, and some of the teenagers started bringing me this and showing it to me. And it, you probably what was seen it again it. for people who missed that might have missed that. Yeah, well, it's just a little spot in the movie where I don't know all the characters' names. I don't think I've ever watched that movie through. I've seen it, but I don't think I've ever really watched it. He kind of the the lion. He sort of falls to the ground, and some a puff of like dust comes up. And when it comes up, it's kind of the skies behind it, and it just sort of spells out S E X. The dust does. Oh wow! It just kind of yeah. fades. Yeah, I remember that. But if you I pause it, that. you know, back then it was on the VHS. <laughs> And if you paused it, you'd see it. A lot of that so, was going on. So with that Disney was one. That was one. There was another um, that had to do with Jasmine and Aladdin. There, there was yep. another subliminal there. Uh, there was another one. Yeah, in, the VHS um, cover for that. In the Who Framed Roger Rabbit, there was one there. Yep. Oh, there was too many um, innuendos there. The Little Mermaid had had a deal. Uh, I mean, just all sorts of them. You started seeing a lot of these in the nineties. And uh, and maybe before that, but a lot of them in yeah, the late eighties that was going on. That was the, with with the Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That was nineteen eighty seven. And, yeah, and that was when you had to start at least then start going whoa. Yeah, and yep. so that and, uh, that's when a lot of groups, family groups and such, brought it. And the and the Southern Baptists said, "Whoa, wait a minute!" And I think that was right about the time that the Gay Day started. You know, in June. Yep. Um, and that's when they called for the boycott. Yep. And people, the, the the world laughed them out, laughed at them. And a lot of Southern Baptists and a lot of Christians, a lot of church-going people laughed and said, boycotting Disney, what? Well, look where it's got us to. Maybe a boycott back then wasn't such a bad idea because now you're pretty much into in a forced boycott because uh, of how uh, perverse they've become. I mean, they've went from... Um, putting sex across the top of the screen the word to uh to now introducing homosexual and transgender um characters and and ideas so disney i thought uh, ron DeSantis lit it up on him last night and i'm glad to see that uh, someone is finally standing up to him uh apparently there weren't too many preachers that were in the position to do it I'm sure there were some that, that did, but they weren't in a position enough. But this guy's got a backbone, and he's standing up to him For whatever reason or whatever motivation he has, uh, he has drawn a line in the sand and said, uh-uh, not in this state and not you. And if that's what you want to do, then uh, you're, you're not going to get treated the way you're getting treated. If you missed his uh, comments, we played it earlier. It was on the Laura Ingram show last night. Okay, we got to go to our final break, and then we can take a phone call or two on the other side at 205-941-1011. One Point USA is a security company serving churches and businesses in the state of Alabama. Don't wait until something happens to protect your employees and your valuable property. One Point USA's experienced staff understands your security needs and wants to help you before a problem arises. From video surveillance to card access control and commercial security systems, One Point USA has got you covered. Call One Point USA today at 205-701-0191. That's 205-701-0191. Or visit OnePointUSA.com. That's the number OnePointUSA.com. One Point USA. Be secure. I'm Pat Sullivan, head football coach at Samford University. You're listening to Greg Davis on Priority Talk.
integrity What color is love? What color is Christ? Okay, we're back, and it's nine minutes till the top of the hour, and we're glad you're with us. Uh, continue just to finish out here talking Disney. Had some other stuff I wanted to get to, but um, uh, we've stuck, of course, sort of stuck with this. Um, we'll, we'll talk about the student loan stuff next week. We'll talk about uh, uh, loans and uh, debt and debtors and predatory loans, because that's really what this student loan crisis has been, predatory loans from the government. And, and 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 when I say predatory, that, that means you're you're taking advantage of people who are um, uh, not ready. And when you take 17, 18, 19 year olds and you uh, you give them a chance to go into major debt, that, that's it's predatory. And the government's been doing it for a long time. And now, uh, and, and now the government wants to fix it by just waving it off, and, and that ain't right either. It, two wrongs do not make a right. Okay, talking. We'll get into that next week, I believe. Talking Disney though, and uh, when did you first realize Disney? They wasn't right. Something changed. We're talking about some of these '90s movies with the subliminal messages, and then it became not so subliminal. Uh, and, and now it's just not even. Uh, hey, that's not subliminal. It's in your face now. And if you don't like it, too bad. It follows the pattern that I've been giving you guys of, of evil, how evil progresses in society. Uh, we, we allow it. And then because we allow it, eventually it normalizes. Evil becomes normalized. Uh, then it becomes sort of legalized if it needs to be. And, and that's what's happening. We legalize it. Then we promote it celebrate it and then we cancel anyone who says hey that was evil to begin with look at the results of it and so through all of this it's been normalized normalized and now we cancel anyone who says uh, hey this is evil but uh, Ron DeSantis standing up to him all right Wanda's with us up in Coleman hey Wanda how are you on this Friday afternoon hey there I'm just fine and I'm so glad I'm so glad you're there, Brad. I'm so glad you're there. Thank and you. God bless you. And also for that last caller, I'm so glad he's there. Yes, Henry's a good one. I enjoy him. Yes, and um, when you asked when on the question, when did I we first start seeing it? And um, I was trying to put it in years, but I knew it was that subliminal. And I was pretty sure I had that it was um, Aladdin and uh, Lion King and Little Mermaid, and you confirmed it. And uh, That's right. I'm, so we don't know what. Then in, in those years, I was um, I wasn't aware of it as soon as it first came out. And when it when it first came out, I'm like like you said, the kids were saying and taking it to the features and saying there's something wrong with Disney. Um, and so, uh, anyway, so that's when it was for me. And as I'm thinking back, and I I I, I have so much I would like to to, to talk to, but um, I'm seeing because I have all these. I have, I have so many generations, and I have kids in every generation, and, and every age, and grandkids and great grandkids, wow. and I see, and I see it laid out. Um, how they start, like you said, they, um, 
we, we allowed it. We didn't exactly allow it, but we didn't really know what to do with it. Yeah. And when we told anybody, it didn't. And now, um, my youngest daughter just turned 43, and she had a, she was in high school when all, you know, that started. And, of course, they didn't notice it. They're just high school kids. I mean, now she she had a baby boom, and she's got three under 10 that are grandkids. And my great-grandkids range in age from 22 to yesterday. So I, I see it, and, and I see it. And when I, I talk, when I, now when I talk to my daughter, that 43, that has the kids that were in the group that was the survey was covering. Right. And I try to tell her, don't don't watch don't buy the new Disney and just as as, as early as last month she was down visiting and I and I had just heard on my radio um on my good WXAC radio uh, that there were two new Disney movies. One was called Turning Red and I forgot what the name of the other one was. Mm-hmm. But I thought I've I'm glad she's here. I'll have a chance visiting from Canada. I'll have a chance to tell her not to get that for the kids and not to watch that for the kids. So and she's putting the kids to bed, and I'm going to be watching the TV with them. And I said, oh, by the way, don't don't watch that new Disney movie, Turning Red. And I'll be John Brown. That's the exact one they were putting on. Hmm. And she said, Mom, for goodness say it's all right. And the kids would say, it's all right, Mom. It's all right. Yeah, normal, normalized. Yeah. And they're, they're like like boiling the frog, but but therein lies therein lies the word from the Lord, Greg. We can pray over the minds of our children. We can take them back. The Lord will restore the minds of our children, especially the millennials. Hmm. The Lord can go to everyone, and in abortion, He can go to my prayer as He goes to the heart of every mother that's considering abortion and change her mind at that point. God can do that, and God will do that. Yeah. He will reclaim our children in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Wanda. Great declaration. Okay. We, we agree with Thank you. you. Yes, ma'am. Thank, Thank you. you very much. All righty. Uh, we're going to leave it right there. I can't say it any better. Fantastic. And uh, if you if – you, uh, well, you can't say anything better than what she just said. But if you missed DeSantis uh, laying down the, the right act on Disney, go check it out. We Definitely. played it earlier this hour. He lit it on fire uh, and told Disney, let this be a wake-up call. About time. If not, they can go out of business. I mean, that's sort of where it's at. He said, if you're going to pervert our children. <laughs> he just said it. Good. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm loving that guy. He's, uh, he's taking a stand for some righteousness. I'm sure, I'm, I know he's not perfect, and he's going to blow it probably in some areas and mess up some, and I'm probably going to disagree with him on some things. That's fine. Um, but man, he is—he's uh, taking a stand on some issues that a lot of people needed to take a stand for a long time. And uh, going all the way back to '97, when the out, when the Southern Baptists called for a boycott of Disney and got laughed out of the nation, basically. And even within the Southern Baptist Convention, people did. I remember Jim Henry was pastor of First Baptist Church of Orlando, and I like Jim. But even he said, "No, we're not going to do that." He's, he encouraged his people go to Disney World and have prayer over your meal. That was what he said. When you're there, pray and be nice to people. <laughs> and uh, there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, that didn't get their attention. And now they have um, um, perverted a whole generation of kids. Went from subliminal to not at all subliminal. 
We'll let it go right there. We hope you have a great weekend. Uh, this broadcast, including our conversation with George Barna, will be at our Priority Talk podcast. Uh, the conversation with George Barna will be at our Greg Davis Conversations podcast, along with other uh, interviews and guests that I've been able to visit with. We encourage you to subscribe or uh, monitor both of those closely and um, follow us there. It uh, helps the program. It helps uh, what we're doing. And uh, I know you guys want to help us out. All right. And also uh, frequent our sponsors as well from uh, Pesty.com to Fox Mortgage to uh, One Point USA, Alabama Reliable Roofing, and today's Family Dentistry. Uh, those currently right now support those sponsors. You can find all of their information, maybe not Pesty yet, but you can find all of their information at PriorityTalkRadio.com along with all the podcast links as well. Have a great weekend, and we'll be back on Monday. God bless.